da 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 You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. Okay, ma'am fam. It's time for another movie of the week discussion. It's A Quiet Place Part 2. So, to celebrate the occasion, we're going to just talk as quietly as we can. I'm refusing to speak. Yeah, so, and, uh, keep the tone. What Kopinski is able to do with this one. And uh, just, uh, you know, come at you mm-hmm. randomly with shouting. No, I'm just Respectful kidding. Respectful of his creative vision. It's a, this is a, a film, fellas, that we had circled as our... I don't know. Uh, one of our most anticipated of 2020. I remember we did mm-hmm. an episode mm-hmm. and yep. and we had our movie draft, RIP movie draft. Uh, um, right. we'll, we'll resurrect it in 2022 um, mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, like I think we'll be at a place maybe where we can do that. Uh, hopefully, at some capacity, in some way, maybe we'll work streaming into it somehow. Maybe, maybe, maybe we'll figure it out. Yeah. Anyway, this was one that uh, that yeah for sure was was one of our most anticipated of 2020. But then. The COVID-19 pandemic, might have heard of it, happened. Mm. And uh, they pushed this one into 2021. They did not elect to put this out on digital. And I guess that's the, the, first, the first point of conversation. By the way, before we get started here, shout out, shout out to our VIPs. Uh, we are talking Ferris Bueller's day off in the VIP this week. And... Um, we have a spoiler channel on our Discord as well. So I wanted to preempt this conversation by saying there will be probably some spoilery stuff in this one because this is a tough one to talk about without, yeah, you know, uh, spoiling anything. Let's just be real. Uh, I don't want to spoil anything. So if you haven't seen this one, maybe you listen to these before you see movies for some reason, um, go see it. It's a great movie. And then come back and listen and, and uh, pause it here and get the full conversation. But just wanted to give that warning before we get too far into this thing but yeah this one guys was elected not to go the streaming route and brian mm-hmm. was the the gracious person to organize a little mam fam get together mm-hmm. on sunday at a local theater and um so we all got together and, and saw this one in the theater again and i got to sit by a vip doc weiser and i was <laughs> super scared and he would not cuddle me and yeah. i was offended he was adamant about I'm revoking it he, his VIP. Yeah, he yelled at you in the middle of the movie. Yeah, he's like, like can't "I will stop. not hold your hand, like, Kent I'm Garrison." Very scared. Yeah. But by the yeah. end, he was scared, and I wouldn't hold him. So look who's <laughs> laughing now. Yeah, wiser. Tit for tat. No, it was it was awesome. But all that to say, Brian, to turn things over to you, and we'll start this uh, start this convo. Is at the end of this thing, man. So freaking glad they they did not put this out on digital. Yep. Because yep. they knew. Yeah. They knew this has to be. This yep has to be a theater movie. This is not The Conjuring 3 or whatever, or putting that out and, yeah, it would be cool to see it in a theater, but it doesn't have to be. No, this is a different thing. Mm-hmm. It's a different experience. It, it truly, truly is the uh, the movie you go out to see and you you mm-hmm. uh, want to be there and th- that it's marketed as such. And it should not be seen in any other way, really, for the first time, I should say, because um, yeah. I'm going to watch this 50 more times. But... Mm. It certainly makes a difference, and I'm just really glad that they didn't. I don't know, pull the trigger last year and be like, you know what, screw this, let's just put it out. 
Yeah, absolutely. The, the, like as maybe more than any other movie uh, from this this stretch. Uh, you know, Fast Nine is going to be one too that I think for us at least is we're going to want to be in a, in a big theater um, to see it. And mm-hmm. and Godzilla I was loved, good. Yeah, Godzilla was good in theater, but like we could I watched that later on HBO too because it was like you know yeah I'll watch this again. This was fine. Um, this was a good time. And it was fine. I, I, we would have missed some from not being in theater. I love the theater. I know you do too, Kent. Richard's more kind of out on going to the theater. I like the theater it, for totally big for for movies yeah. like this. I do not yeah. need to go see Wes Anderson movies in a theater. Like yeah, no, that, I, like smaller scale stuff. Sure. I really yeah sure. I'm fine. I mean, I'm usually going to choose. Well, at least at least until 2020, that it really probably has changed some of my my uh, movie watching future. Uh, because you know there has been some movies that have come out that obviously normally I would have seen in a, in a theater, and instead I've watched it at home, and and I've been I, I've been fine with it, you know. But but so no, I I agree with you. There's certain movies that that maybe you don't have to have it, uh, the theater experience. But I love the theater, and I love the communal aspect of it, and 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 yeah, there there are crap things that come with it sometimes, and and people are awful, and and I understand that, but. But this was a movie, again, I think more than any other film that was supposed to come in 2020 that we needed to see in a theater and, um, and to be able to, to experience it the way that it really truly was meant to be seen. I, I do, I do think you were missing something by watching this at home for the first time. And for some people, that's just the way it's going to be. And it's, I totally understand. But, um, if you're able to get out and go to a theater, um, I think this is one that you are going to it, you are going to benefit greatly from from taking the time to make that happen rather than uh, waiting you know whatever three to six months for it to be uh, available to you to you in your home and and you're right Paramount was was uh, Paramount and Krasinski and, and everybody involved with this were were correct in holding this until it could be released in the right way uh, to put this on. HBO Max or Netflix or or whatever in uh, September or something last year uh, would have done the movie a great disservice. So I'm I'm glad that they they held out and did what they did with it. Man, how about the timing of this thing too? I mean, AMC, I think they announced like the week before that that as long as you're vaccinated, you don't have to you don't have to wear a mask. And so, yeah. I mean, it pretty much opened the doors for full houses at these mm-hmm. at these theaters, and so. Really, this felt like the first weekend back at the theater. I know, like I said, we did Godzilla, but again, that was a private screening, and mm-hmm. and you know, there's certain situations. But Alamo Draft House also announced today that they're out of Chapter 11 and they're opening up. I think five new locations um, around around the uh, country. So, yeah, man, Krasinski and team and Paramount. Shout out to Batman Shane and Co. Uh, over there. That that really did this thing right, and I just wanted to say that kind of at the at the outset because Brian, my God, was this an experience? <laughs> Great movie, man. I, you know. You and I didn't talk much about after, yeah. other than just like blown away at John Krasinski, and we'll get into that. But um, you know, as an experience, kind of, what did you feel like? You know, Quiet Place is one of my. The first one was one of my. Like really, truly, it's probably one of my five favorite theater experiences ever. Yeah, and I I know I've talked about it on the show previously, but we wound up in a in a theater that was like 
where like the seats shook and stuff and that normally I don't like horror movies and normally that would be something that I'd be super out on but this it was just the perfect experience and also because of that and, and then you kind of mix it obviously with a very tense quiet movie there was no audience issues whatsoever like nobody would even eat their dang popcorn because you're just so scared of kind of yep. messing up the ambiance of the whole thing and it was just such an incredible experience to be to be a part of and I love that movie. That really might be my favorite horror movie of all time. If if we can, I don't even. Maybe it's not a horror movie. Maybe it's a thriller or scary. I don't. Whatever. I would I would um, define it as horror. After this one, it is okay. This was a horror yeah. movie. I mean, okay. See, I, look, look. Anyone who listens to the show knows I'm not. I don't like horror movies, um, in general. But that so it maybe it means absolutely nothing that I say that's my favorite. But I really that's that's probably my favorite horror movie. And um. Yeah, and, and I, I so this one I was so pumped to be able to, to be in the theater for it, and uh, we got a we had a good a good crew that was there with us and stuff, and it was, I mean, this movie was it was everything that I wanted it to be. It it was a I think a perfect sequel to a movie that's really 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 good, and uh and and it it fits perfectly alongside that. So um, whatever they want to do with this universe moving forward, I don't know. Um, another, I'm sure there are already plans for a part three or, or a, a prequel or, a, or whatever, however they're going to extend it. Um, but it, it's thus far, Krasinski knows how to make a movie, man. And, and he's, he's putting together, a, a quite a, quite an experience with these last two. Yeah, this was, this was awesome. Richard, what about you, man? Yeah, same on the first. I mean, this was a movie, um, I was excited going in cause the buzz was really crazy on this. And you kind of knew what it was on some level, but um, the execution and the the way the audience reacted to it, I was lucky into a great a great theater as well, and everyone you know everyone had snacks. But I remember, yeah, I've never eaten popcorn like that, where you're like tonguing it like an old person <laughs> um, to not get that that crackle. So yeah, I mean, I um, yeah. It, so this one, yeah, I was very excited for it last year. It was maybe my most anticipated or up there, you know, fast. Anytime there's a Fast and Furious movie, it's hard to top that. But, but uh, yeah, no. So was excited for it. And then we had the delay, and I, yeah, the whole time I and I, as you mentioned, I'm not anti movie theater. If I was 99.99 percent of the public, I would be itching to go back. Mm-hmm. We just do this show, and we've just gone. I did the math. It's like 500 times or something, you know, and in, in the last nine years or 400 times or something, and. And so I'm just kind of still tired of it, you know. I'm in a unique sure. circumstance, but I, I don't want movie theaters to totally go away. I'm just sort of still. But even this, I'm like, I'm not. Please don't come out streaming. Do not come out streaming. I want to see that. Hold on to that. If, if you have a lot to it for three years, it's not that big of a budget. Sit on it, um, and let's let's wait to go do that. Or or if it was going to come out on streaming, I was going to tell you guys like, nope, not seeing it. I'm going to go wait and see that one in the theater and hope mm-hmm. that we can like get a group to go see it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I love I love Quiet Place. It was among my favorite of that year. Um, was kind of conflict. Obviously, there's more story to tell with the way that first one ends, but it, it's so in so many ways so self contained and so great that you. I kind of was. Uh, how does the sequel really work? And and all of that. So I I was cautiously excited for this one. Um, yeah, and I'll leave it at that before we kind of get into the 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 new stuff. But yeah, I mean, I I thought this lived up to whatever thoughts I had, I, I really enjoyed it and was the twists and turns and everything really I thought were earned. And, and uh, yeah, though I'm now I, I hope that it's like a five part series, even though I, I guess it's probably just going to be three, but uh can't, what about you, man? What was your experience with this? 
Yeah, you know, I was just I was just really paying attention to to the directorial choices that that Krasinski made because again, you know, he was brought the script to Quiet Place. I think when he was making another movie um, by his producers and they said, would you be interested in being in this movie? And he said, not only do I want to be in it, but I think I want to direct this movie. Like, yeah, he think, rewrote it too. Yeah. He's like, mm-hmm. I, I, I really, something about this calls out to me and I think I could do something cool with it. And so, so yeah, it was really script that he was handed and then kind of touched it up. And then, and then obviously quiet place was a big success. And then with a quiet place part two, he's kind of given the, the creative control. He wrote this thing and, and directed it and really called the, the shots, uh, no pun intended to on every aspect of this thing. And I was, I was curious how that would go, you know, because he was kind of handed a, a gem, <laughs> you know, so to speak, and a great premise and a great story, uh, at the outset with a quiet place one. And so, uh, you know, when he's given, I guess, uh, you know, a sequel, you could do a lot of things and you can go overboard with it. You can, um, not make it as good as the first one. I mean, how many bad sequels have we talked about on this podcast in 700 mm-hmm. episodes? I don't know, mm-hmm. 400. <laughs> so it's certainly possible to not capture. It's not a given that you're just going to make another quiet place. Okay. guy. <laughs> you know, like let's right. not, uh, right. people just like assume, Oh, quiet place two. That's going to be great. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's the assumption, but you got to go out and do it. Right. Um, and I was just blown away at some of the choices that he made right early on. You know, A Quiet Place one. I, I granted I did watch it the the day before, so I had a, a good frame of reference for for a lot of the the choices. But I mean, you know, Quiet Place one starts out where they're in that in the uh, the market. You know, walking slowly through the market with with the sand. You know. Uh, and then he gets the spaceship and then obviously that, that whole opening scene happens. What's the, what's the first opening scene in a uh, quiet place part two? Uh, you know, I, I think a quiet place part one, by the way, starts with day 87, mm-hmm. I think in the timeline, yeah. this mm-hmm. one starts day one, right? Yep. Wasn't first, a fan first of baseball scene. being involved, you know, <laughs> first scene. <laughs> what is it? Day one, John Krasinski walking fast into the market strolling through where like nothing like like there's no worry in the world right talking to the shop owner picking up some water wearing big old boots stomping through that thing walking outside people honking horns and it just occurred to me in the first five seconds of this movie he just did 45 things that would have gotten him killed in Mm, a quiet place one right and i think john krasinski was just trying to establish that it's like look how different it was, you know, and the world that we, you know, this world that I've created now that, you know, this post, I guess, apocalyptic world or whatever is so different. And the way he flashes back to that, I thought it was so effective in reminding us um, how things used to be. And then of course, flashing back to that, uh, I guess it's day 400 something uh, in the, uh, no, they, they flash again after the, uh, after that little opening, which I thought Mm -hmm. was awesome by the way. Um, yeah. I don't know why UFOs um, have a uh, flame trail. That's another uh, <laughs> topic for a uh, my my paranormal. Uh, you guys know I love love me a UFO conversation, but um, that was the only like thing I was like, oh, they don't they don't have 
fire trails. Okay, whatever. Uh, but I, I loved that whole setup and it kind of felt like a world of the worlds, you know, real worlds yeah. kind of moment mm -hmm. for that, mm -hmm. which we hadn't, we didn't have scale in this series at all before, you know, we didn't have like this. I don't know. I guess we kind of did on a farm or something, but the, you never really pulled back and kind of like, well, how's the world feel about this? You know? At yeah. All? Yeah, totally. I thought that was a great and, and very, I mean, it's, it's pretty, it's a pretty natural progression, but that was a, that was a nice, um, a nice change there because, because the first movie is so self-contained mm -hmm. and I love that. I think that's it. It, it is part of what makes that first one so great. Um, but the second one, the second one still, I, I'm very impressed anyway, and maybe I'm easily impressed, but I, I was very impressed with the way that, uh, with the setup with everything, because it allowed you to, to still tell a pretty self-contained story, but give you sort of a glimpse at the wider world of it. And I, mm -hmm. I love that stuff. And it's still, and I, and I like so how he didn't do it open. too much too, you know? Yes. That, I feel exactly. like a sequel yeah. that's, that's. That's super obvious. I mean, Independence Day resurgence, you know, it's like, it just goes, right, let's right. go global with this thing, you know, and just mm -hmm. up the scale, you know, it's like, that's not always the answer, right? It's sure. like, it's like people like the self-contained thing, but I thought putting it in that little, that little prologue at the beginning before the, uh, the title card was, was a perfect touch mm -hmm. by Krasinski, um, to remind us also that they had a father in this world too. If you hadn't seen a quiet place, you know, and you're kind of mm -hmm. wondering what this family is about and what their world is. Um, that, that could be effective too. And also I'm excited for this to come on digital because I want to see a fan edit, a chronological fan edit of this thing. I think that would be, mm. um, let's just get, let's get into something spoilery here now, just cause it's on topic. So you mentioned the baseball game, right? Richard. And, um, yep. that's kind of the reveal of Killian Murphy or Cillian or, it's Killian, right? Yeah. You know, you see him there for the first time. How effective, you know, obviously we, we meet him again kind of not so much later in the movie, but how effective would it be if this thing was put out chronologically, right? And we get that day one baseball scene, and then we get the entire movie of A Quiet Place, and then mm -hmm. the reveal of the Killian Murphy character, like three or four hours. It would have been such, it would have been great. You know what I'm saying? Like- I feel like that is going to work even better, <laughs> like in in a in a more like uh, I, don't, I don't know um, uh, more linear fashion. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, sure. So so yeah, that that was awesome, and I thought that worked so well. That conversation with Emily Blunt and and him is just heartbreaking, right? Mm -hmm. um, why didn't you save us? You know. <laughs> It's just so, you knew I had a baby, you knew I was there. Why didn't you say, you know, it's just like that conversation, you know, you're going to have when you meet somebody at, in this situation and like an apocalyptic scenario. But I thought that was an incredible scene, really. And just like, I never thought like I would leave a quiet place to talking about a dialogue scene, but that was just, that was great. Yeah. Great. Yeah, no, great. Totally. Yeah. Go it's, ahead, it's, it's great. Um, you know, obviously this wasn't written, I don't think intentionally at the beginning to set up a sequel. And so it's even more impressive that they fit all that in really contextually um, with, with what's to come after the fact, you know, um, it's really impressive logistically to like set up foreshadowing after the fact, if that makes sense and things mm -hmm. like that. It's, it's mm -hmm. pretty, pretty well done. 
from a screenwriting present, uh, perspective from Krasinski, definitely. Yeah. You, you know what I'm talking about? The, just the reveal, you know, how he's in the mask at the beginning. You don't know who it is. It's this shadowy figure, you know. Mm. I feel like if we had, you know, two hours had passed and we'd forgotten totally about that guy and then he shows up, I feel like it would have been a it would have been more effective. But um, that will be a a discussion for a fan edit that I'm excited to to dig into the, the quiet place director's cut or the, the Krasinski cut or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Snyder's going to cut it. Yeah. <laughs> he contractually. Now he's asking to be all. able to edit. Other Krasinski's not nearly he's not satisfied. To he has to get, get on. The, I don't uh, know if you get him in the Jack Ryan RX, you know. RX bars now uh, <laughs> better start quickly. Um, well, man, that, that just really stuck at the beginning. And speaking of that prologue, Brian, I don't know if you heard me in the theater. But what an effective moment from Krasinski too, where, where you've got like a, a police officer that's like, we think they're up on the hill, and then mm-hmm. boom, monster right in your face. Yeah. I scream, I I literally said WTF <laughs> out loud, <laughs> like it's that was one of the best jump scares I've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> to be There's a couple in this movie, man. Oh my really, lord, dude. really effective. My wife is is notorious for. I mean, she's incredibly easy to scare, uh, and. There were there were a couple sequences in this where I was like, "Do you need to leave the theater?" Like yeah. she was just like, terrifying. It's, especially towards the end, there's there's like oh, one yeah. sequence where you get like three or four within a, a you know maybe a, a two minute span, you know. Mm-hmm. So you're real plus on the edge. suffocation stuff in yeah, this. Like for I don't sure. know, I get really for bad sure. sympathy suffocation. I like forget to breathe, and so you mix those two things together. Sure. Was, yeah, struggling no, no, 100%, 100%. a bit. Percent, hundred percent. Yeah, it's it's a great, really great structure on this. I mean, gosh, I. John Krasinski, the actor, I really like. Um, I mean, obviously, we love The Office, and and I, I tend to like him even in 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 movies that that aren't particularly very good. I he's a very, um, I think his his charisma is is maybe stronger than his 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 acting skills yeah, are for sure in in a, in a lot of ways. But that's okay. Like that that can. Yeah. That can work for you. The I right mean, hands for sure. Yeah, and I mean like it would never it wouldn't surprise me if he was somebody who who got a you know an Oscar nomination later in in his in his career but you would probably expect that it would be you know charisma based more so than than like Daniel Day-Lewising yeah. something or Weather something like that. But, yeah, exactly. But but he um but I, I quite like him as an actor. As a writer director, holy cow! Like this, yeah. the structure on this just rules so hard, and and the, the approach, yeah, yeah, and I, I just, it, it, it feels like he, um, I mean, it, I don't even know how to put that. He, it, it, it feels like he, he wrote this. Uh, in a lab for 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 like this show for us, like it just, he, he hit all the marks that we're yeah. kind of looking for on 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 the various things that that the three of us like in in movies. I mean, not to not to even maybe even starting with uh, they're like an hour and a half long, and the pacing rules on yeah. both of them. Like yeah. it's just great, it's great pacing, and uh, and and you, you combine that with just great story structure and and. I think pretty advanced camera placement on some of this stuff. And, and it was, it's just a really, it's really, really impressive. Um, what he can do behind the camera. Yeah. Um, the, the, the blocking of the scenes was, was great. I thought the, the, where he put the camera was, was, you know, certainly he only not popped amateur. Out in front of it and looked at it twice, which I thought was perfect. For yeah. The camera <laughs> yeah. 
It worked for me. Just kind of like from the <laughs> side. Just, I want to be such a funny bit. Like, just leave it in the edit. It's kind of like, his I have flare. final edit. It's his I want Krasinski yeah. <laughs> peeking himself into the scene. Yeah. Uh, well, I, but I was saying to you afterwards, Kim, when we were walking out, I, the thing that's kind of amazing to me, and, and this is maybe it's just because I am not creative in this way whatsoever. So maybe it's I'm, I'm a dummy. It's easy to to impress me. But it's not like he's worked with a ton of great directors. Like it's it's it's. It's very instinctual, and uh, and cl- I mean, clearly he has studied great filmmakers and 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 knows how to do this sort of thing. But it's it's almost a little. It's, it's a bit surprising to me. Frankly, it's natural ability. Is, I mean, you have yeah, to have, there's you, there's you, a true natural ability. You, you there have that, to have it. I mean, not pretty, it's very impressive. Not every impressive not every actor has the 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 eye for it. I mean, mm-hmm. some do and some don't. I mean, Greta Gerwig did immediately. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, and the inverse and of that, I tell. think, is probably like Clooney, who we love. Right, we love and Clooney, Clooney is just the most average by the yeah, books. You know, throw it in black and white, and he wins an Oscar. But that's it, you know, mm-hmm. um, or whatever. And so, yeah, I mean, there's certainly a natural ability to it. That there's a creativity, there's an auteurism to it, and I think John Krasinski is just an overall creative person, you know, and acting was his his way to break into create creative things you know i think i think we're starting to see the fruits of that you know it's kind of like ron howard situation you know where you start out acting and you love the medium so much and you have so much passion that you that you turn your your attention elsewhere and i love that but what i also said to you brian as we left the theater was gosh what a great director he is but i need to see him do something that's not a quiet place <laughs> because yeah, you know, true. it's like, it's like, yeah, Jaws was great. Right. Everyone loved Jaws. Steven Spielberg, you know, didn't make Jaws too, but if he did probably would have been great. And everyone mm-hmm. would have been like, God, Spielberg's an incredible director. We, we didn't know Spielberg was an incredible director until he made two or three, you know, films after that. And we're like, okay, sure. now this, you now, now, once you make right? ET like, and Raiders, be, you're good. Yeah. You know? If you're going to be a truly great director, you've got to do it more than once. And, and like I said, what you can do at the outside of genre. Yeah. Right. I sure. said to you in for the sure. parking lot as well. It's just a premise. This is a premise that's so good. Mm-hmm. It's like, and, and he's so good in this world that like, I, he needs, I need to see him do something else outside of yeah. it. Because it's like when you're playing with these toys of, you know, you're playing with sound and you're playing with this incredible creature design, by the mm-hmm. way, um, one of the better creatures I've seen in a movie, just in terms of how it moves, how it sounds, the unpredictability of it. I I love it. Uh, Mm -hmm. I just think a lot of these films really miss the mark on creature design, (laughs) you know, Cloverfield, for example, things like that, where they build up to this great thing and it ends up sucking. This is, it's awesome, you know, and I want to see, I want to see more, uh, more of these movies just so I can see these creatures do more crazy sure. actions. There's, there's another movie he directed. Uh, have you seen The Hollers, Kent? I'm going to explain this. In a so it's sort of a, it's very not a horror movie. It's sort of a uh, family drama. like a play drama. or something? Uh, yeah, I don't think so, but but that is that it feels like one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm just going to let you know, John Krasinski directed it also the star. The Hours, that's what I'm thinking of. Like um, the, the Hollers. Richard Jenkins, Margot Martindale. I mean, what a cast. It's not good. All the music is by Josh Ritter. Couldn't be more up my alley. And it's solely because Charlotte Copley is the other act, uh, the other lead actor, and I blame him <laughs> completely. 
Yeah. Otherwise, this would also be a classic, like a quiet place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's some other, um, gosh, I, I, I know I annoyed Wiser because I had my phone and I was taking some, um, some notes during this, um, the sound perspective shift. I wanted to talk about that because, you know, a quiet place had the benefit of we're already in this world where everything has to be quiet. Right. So all the quiet scenes in the movie are really just people being quiet, you know, and not talking or using sign language, but that sound perspective shift in the prologue. And I understand we're still talking about the first five minutes here, but it's just such a good job in setting it up with the daughter the deaf daughter losing mm-hmm. and and you take on her perspective running through that chaotic scene with no sound it was so frightening <laughs> maybe the most frightening more frightening than anything was was running through that with with no ability to hear anything around you yeah you know you don't know what's behind you you don't know what's in front of you all you have is your sight and things are flying cars are flying people are dying right oh my goodness what an effective Mm-hmm. way to do that for Krasinski a total sound of metal like let's make the audience deaf you know kind of kind of moment and it works flawlessly they only did it like one or two times in the movie because mm-hmm. they knew how effective it would be but man incredible yeah it's it's so effective that it's 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 unsettling like yes it really it makes you I mean that's why they can't do I I think you can't do that more more than a couple where of she times because, where she's crying because she lost her hearing aid yeah oh that devastating scene devastating. oh man seriously though I mean like she should be nominated for an Oscar. She needs she to. Is, yes, she, she is, is magnificent and she the sun is so so good. She's so good. And I, I'm like every scene, and I hadn't rewatched the first one in in a, in a couple of years, and I, I did that, you know, the a day or two before we went to see this one, and she's fantastic in that too. But but seriously, Melissa Simmons, I, I am. There are not many young actors who are who are on her level. She is she is unbelievable in these movies, and I, I'm I'm the second one, even this one, even more so, really put her front and center, and the movie is, uh in debt to her i mean i truly i'm kind of out of words because i'm just i i think yeah. she is she is so fantastic i'd love in, to see her world. nominated yes I mean, I, she's just she's incredible in this she's incredible yeah noah jupe is is great too as he's Marcus. he's been together like he's like only in dope stuff mm-hmm. like he's he's good he's great young actor i mean nothing i'm not saying he's just but like that guy's filmography is like all yeah. awesome stuff yeah Ford v Ferrari. We last saw him in. He's great in that. He's great Honey in Honey Boy. Uh, uh, yeah, Suburbicon. He pops up in that. He um, was in the Great yeah. and the Undoing this year. The Undoing He's great in the night, TV the show. Night, yeah, the Night Manager, another great miniseries show. He's yeah. awesome in that when he was pretty little. It's like his I parents know what's like, up. His yeah, parents his and his manager are like, <laughs> yeah, yo, sure. we're doing this right. <laughs> yeah, Holmes and Watson. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, we all have bad ones, but yeah, every time I see. Noah Jew, I'm always like, oh, I'm gonna like this. It has nothing, you know what I mean? She's sure. uh, absolutely. Well, Krasinski directed the hell out of this kid too. I yeah, mean, exactly. He the performances he gets out of him are just is great. I mean, and that's that's directing. You know, <laughs> it's not like oh, this kid is a great actor. It's like no, Krasinski got the performance. You know, and Millicent Simmons, same. You know, this is twice now that he's made her. Well, I think a star. they're both great too. They are great, but right. but but I'm saying like. Just because you have a great actor doesn't mean you're going to get a great 
yeah. performance. I mean, how many directors have great actors and we're like, what the heck was going on with Tom Hardy in this movie? It's like, well, cause the director probably didn't know what the hell to do with him. You know, um, that, that just kind of happens sometimes. And I think it's both. All I'm saying is like Krasinski just brought it, brought, brings that out in them in such a great way. And it's so believable. I mean, you believe these people are a family. You do. <laughs> you believe mm-hmm. Emily Blunt has this child in this box right. <laughs> that they're walking around. And Gosh. how heartbreaking mm-hmm. is that with the, the oxygen tank? And mm-hmm. my Lord, it's like, this is the most like existential movie I've seen. And it's a stupid <laughs> sci-fi thing, but it's like, you put yourself in the shoes of what would I do if I had a baby I, and this world? I think that's what, I think that's what gives me, um, I think that's that's what gives me confidence in Krasinski as a director moving forward more than anything else yeah. is that he, uh, it's again like after right, right, when the first one came out, we did, I did a whole bunch of reading as I'm sure you did as well on like the the how this whole thing came together and the production of it and everything, and it's very clear that he took an interesting story slash script and turned it into what it what it was, and then again. In this one, I think, I mean, he's the only credited writer on this one. Um, it's, you know, inspired by or whatever, uh, characters from, from the other two guys. And I don't mean that as a knock on, on the other two writers. I think there definitely was, was good stuff on the page for, for that first movie. But I, you definitely get the sense that he knew how to turn this into the movie that it is and now the franchise that it is. And it's a really well rounded franchise at this point. You know, it's not just, it is horror. It is sci-fi. It is a family drama. It it does have these sort of um, Spielbergian moments and in, in the story structure and things like that. And and I think that's what that's what gives me a lot of confidence uh, mm-hmm. moving forward. Yeah, he seems to understand. See, mm-hmm. He really does. Yeah. Um, man, a couple other things I want to want to touch on here. Also, when I, I believe it's Reagan or slash Millicent walking down the basement. And you see the nail in the stairs from the first movie that Emily Blunt steps on. And I'm thinking to myself, I I know dang sure if I had stepped on that nail, it would not still be there. (laughs) But also, you got to think, you can't hammer a nail in this world, right? And so for Krasinski to show that, it's like, they don't have a choice. It has to stay there because you can't, you know, you can't get rid of that thing and risk a monster hearing you do that you know it's not worth it uh and so i thought that was a great a great little uh you know two second shot of the nail you know it's like mm-hmm. it's, we're still we're still living this you know nothing's changed basically since the the first one and then you know they have to leave their house they, they have to i guess go beyond the path which was a cool moment where they had only <laughs> put sand out so far right where they knew it was safe to walk. And then they had to kind of venture past that with this baby. And then Brian Marcus steps in a bear trap. Oh my gosh. Devastating scene, man. Like that just, ugh. like bear Screaming, traps are terrifying. Cur- blood curdling yeah. screams from uh, this kid. Gosh. Yeah. And then to have, you know, for, for Emily Blunt's character. Uh, I'm sorry. I forgot the Evelyn. Yes. Evelyn. Um, To have to like, tell her poor child who's like, you know, dying that he has to be quiet is, I mean, what a, 
that is a rough scene, man. Like, our, I felt like our whole row was just was clinched, you know? Like, oh, everybody man. was just like, oh, gosh, just gritted teeth and trying to to bear it. And then to have the, you know, the wherewithal to then turn and and get the amp going and get ready for this, for, for the creature that's coming at him and stuff. Like, man, Emily Blunt's great. She's not, you know, she's, she's like the fourth lead in this movie, you know? Um, which, which is fine. Uh, cause there's a lot of, there's some really good acting going on, uh, from the rest, but like, she's, she's real good. She's always real good. She's real good in, in the, the moments that, that she's got in this one. And it's, um, it, but that's yeah. That scene was was kind of blood curling. It was it was rough. It was a really rough sequence. So let's uh, fast forward towards the third act here and talk about the island. Uh, you know, you can eye roll at some of this stuff, and I rolled I, I rolled like a couple times in this. I'm like, but it's a it's a movie where you don't get bogged down on details, right? Yeah. Does its uh, job. Yeah. You know, okay. What? Yeah. They have an amp that has no power source and they're just walking around shooting it at things. Yeah. That's fine. It's battery Whatever. powered. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah. Much. That's cool. Yeah. Whatever. Um, okay. Yeah. These aliens chose to come to earth when they can't swim and it's covered in water. Yeah. That's fine. You know, whatever, you know, you, you let, you let small things like that, not, not really, uh, I yeah. guess, get me upset. And I was willing to like pass those things. And so, yeah, the island thing made sense to me. It's like, yeah, they can't swim. That's where I'd be on an island. Right. And that was a, a really cool reveal of this like little isolated paradise, you know, that they had figured out that they could stay safely. Um, I thought that was that was a really a really effective kind of yeah. third act it, place to take the story. It, it follow to me. It 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 follows the the rules of of science fiction, and that's just straight up. You you create the rules. You get to set the rules because it's science fiction. So you, but then you have to follow your own rules. And I think that that this movie. And this little series does that very well. You're you're absolutely right. There's lots of little things in both of these movies that you can say, you can you can nitpick if you if you want to. But I think that whereas a movie like Army of the Dead or whatever was that last week? I don't even. Gosh, it's it's what a what a far cry. Two years ago, I think. These two movies. What what do we do? The Netflix, What's the Zack Snyder one? What was that called? Did I, did I already? Forget that was the Army title of the Dead. Of it, the Army yeah. of the Dead. Okay. Yeah. I mean, like. That one was one that very that made it very difficult for your brain not to engage and say, "Wait a minute, this is stupid. Like, why in the world would they do that? What does this mean? Why all those sorts of things?" Whereas this one, partly because of the way it's paced, partly because weird, John Krasinski understands story structure, and Zack Snyder clearly does not. Um, those things did not pop into my mind through the course of the movie, and then afterwards you want to have that conversation with yourself or with your friends or whatever, like those things are there, but it's so easy to, to set them aside because what a great time this was and what a well struck, what a well done movie this was. And it's just very easy to ignore that kind of stuff. And that's what, that's what any movie should be doing. If they're doing it correctly, you, you, you should be pre, especially this kind of movie, you should be preventing, um, an audience member from, from, from pulling at that thread that says this doesn't make any sense. Like that's the kind of the whole point, you know, it's supposed to be an escape from stuff. And so I thought it does. I, I think the, these movies do it incredibly well. And this, this is a, a great example of, of how to pull that kind of thing off. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, let's talk about Killian Murphy's character a little bit. I was talking to wiser about this. I think after the movie, um, I don't, 
I never trusted the guy to help at all ever, <laughs> you know, and I, I don't know if nervous. that's on purpose. Yeah, I was nervous. But I, I was, I was convinced that he stole know. the the hearing aid and he only came back because he got caught and he saw her out there crying and he's like, oh crap. Hmm. You know, he felt bad and it's like, nope, hey, I've got it. Hey, let's go. Yeah. Hey, hey, everything's fine. You know, I don't know. I just never trusted the guy and still don't. I don't know if we get a third movie and he turns on them or what, but maybe that was on purpose. He's got Krasinski. big Sean maybe Bean not. energy. Yeah, I don't know. I just never like feel like this guy's shady. I was there yeah. for for sorry, Richard. Uh, real fa- real fast. I was there for no, a chunk ahead. of it. He he sold me when you get to that sequence with the others on the bridge and stuff. That was that put me back into a place where I'm like, okay, I get it. I'm I think I think he, we're here with him now. I think he's or maybe he's here with us now. Like we're we're on his side and he's on our side. We can we can depend on this guy now because that's a. That was a place where he probably could have, I mean, he could have figured out a way to maybe just help himself. And instead, he not only saves her, but also like kind of takes pride in decimating that group of people, you know, because they've crossed his his people. That's kind of how I took it. But what about you, Arby? Yeah, I think that was intentional with that casting piece and, and uh, you know, to kind of keep that that uh keep you on your toes because that's what this movie needs right it's a little more tension <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it, it, it uh but yeah I, yeah i'm so curious you know krasinski now says he's got an idea for a third and I'm so interested where this can continue I, you kind of see where can macro go um with the mm-hmm. with the large plot of of continuing to fight against the invasion but then like the micro plot you know what what could happen <laughs> further this poor family is is both mm-hmm. exciting for more and terrifying yeah absolutely also too i mean again i said i really like john krasinski the actor killian murphy is a, a pretty significant upgrade yeah over most actors he's yeah he is really like good. a guy that that should be in way more stuff and and should be way more uh well known than than he is he's he's a fantastic actor the sequence on the bridge ruled i thought that was like a a obviously very important to the story, but uh, to have that play out the way it did with with those others coming out on a while at the same time you have uh, Marcus doing the dumb horror movie thing. That was the only part for me in this movie that was like, come on, man, we gotta we gotta be better than randomly get out of the the uh, furnace or whatever and start dinking around this factory that's that's not a great choice but but anyway to to have all three of those storylines happening at the same time and kind of jumping back and forth between them yeah i thought was a really cool scene but the scene on the bridge was the best part of that and and i thought was again a central to the story development with these characters but also was just like kind of a one of those bad a moments of like, oh, this guy's like legit. Like he's gonna go hardcore to to make this to get out of this and protect his, his himself and, and his people. That was a that was a great sequence to me. Maybe the maybe the I don't know the best scene in the movie, but definitely one of the more exciting scenes. I thought was really good. For sure, I am uh, about ready to grade this one out. I mean, I'm excited for where it goes. I wasn't expecting another one of these, um, mm-hmm. but it's clear that that's what they're what they're going for and. With the way it, it won the box office, it, it certainly seems like they're going to be in the business of, of making another one. So um, hold off on MCU for now, John. Make one more of these and then, and then um, you know, you and Emily can be in the Fantastic Four. It'll be fine. And you'll be yeah. set. You can just make $10 million movies with 
with your uh, payments of that. That's what you should do. Only do MCU movies, MCU movies, and and direct on the side. You know. Yeah. What I mean, seventeen million dollars for this movie is that's that's making a lot of a lot of studios and a lot of directors look bad. Like to pull this off with that kind of budget, that's that's insane, insane. All right, I'm gonna grade this one out at a uh, man. It's between an A and an A plus, to be honest. Um, I'll probably go A plus with it. So yeah, A plus, Brian. A plus for me, man. Best movie of the year. Not a lot of competition for that right now. I know, but great. Yeah, I, I'm gonna look I, at my letterbox because I remember having Quiet Place as my number one up until like October of that year. Um, yeah, it was uh, yeah. like number the one. Stars Born a, came out that year. Uh, let me see towards the end and. I think that's what I ended up going with that year. It was I remember it being a quiet place, Star is Born and Black Panther, I think were What year was that? Two thousand and eighteen. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pulling it up here. Sorry guys. This is a... the no, this is Mine a great, was the writer, a, the Chloe Zhao, and then a Quiet Place. Oh yeah. yeah so yeah. that was the only one that beat it was was the writer. Sure. Um Yeah. Yeah. I mean this is a very good chance to be number one. If it's if it's not uh at the end, well I've had a great year. So that's all I can For say. Sure. For sure. At this point. A, you, a, a plus for me. Yeah, Richard. I'm going to go solid A. I'm always hesitant. I want to go A plus, but the theater experience is such a big part of these. I want to see it again before I'm willing to give it outside of that yeah. uh, to go full A plus on it. So a little caveat there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to settle at an A for now. But yeah, definitely the best movie of the year for sure so far. Yeah. Absolutely. For this, you know this one twenty four more days until this one and Mitchell's and machines were my are my favorites. Um yeah. I like this yep. one slightly more. Mitchell's Machines was was excellent as well. If yeah, you haven't seen sure. that one, man fam, make sure and sure. uh and check that one out on Netflix. Um okay guys, before we get out of here, let's hit a weekly recommend. Shall we? Weekly recommend. Okay. Brian, kick us off. Let's see. Uh I'm gonna go with box and see if I uh, if I marked that bad boy down. I guess I didn't, so I'll have to go to something else. Have you guys seen Mayor of East Easttown yet? That's my recommend. Okay. We binged the whole thing. Go for it. Well, we right. were a couple you in t- and then talk about it. You do that. I'll, I'll think of something else. Because yeah. I've only watched two episodes, so I'll think of something okay. else. Okay. Yeah, we finished it go. right before I hopped on here. So it lives up to the beginning? Because that's a really good yeah. start. I was it, pretty it, impressed. Okay, yeah. No, I can talk about that. No, absolutely. It does, and it's got a uh, pretty crazy... Um, kind of out of nowhere scene that changes a lot of things um and i don't want to say any more than that but uh, i know it seems super vague but you'll you'll know what i mean okay and cool. it kind of yeah no the structure of this it reminds me so much of broad church dude it's just like american broad yeah. which i know you and i both loved um kind of that that vibe not as not as great uh you know um ex urban Philadelphia, Pennsylvania is not as scenic as like coastal <laughs> Cornwall, UK. Uh-huh. Um, but other than that, I mean, the sort of tone is is uh, is is better. So, um, or that's good. So, yeah, I love it. We we you know we're big wins and stand. I thought Evan Peters was awesome in this. Um, and uh, yeah, and then Gene Smart. You know, the this Gene Smartessence is upon us too with uh, yeah. with hacks coming as well on HBO, which I'm actually really excited for. So. Yeah, no, I, I love that. That's my recommend. And I, I didn't really want to because I, I kind of hit critical mass of everyone telling me to watch this. Sure. 
And then it was, you know, I, I knew Sarah would watch it, and then I ended up getting sucked in as well, and, and re- really loved it, and, and would be shocked if it doesn't win all the, <laughs> if it doesn't win all the uh, limited series awards at the Emmys, then it's a good thing because that means something else awesome is coming. Sure. Okay. Awesome. Cool. I can't I've wait. I've seen like that. two episodes, so I thought there were eight episodes, can... so I've been waiting for the last one, but I guess there's seven, so I'll I'll get started and yep. finish. Yeah, that. Sunday was the finale. Awesome. Well, um, I'm go with one of two things here, Brian. Um, you go ahead, and I'll okay. I'll uh, take whatever. I recommend a book that came out in I want to say yeah, 2018. Uh, the note. I don't know if you've read this one, Richard. I know you're a fan of the author. It's called Football for a Buck: The Crazy Rise and Crazier Demise of the USFL. No, Jeff I haven't Perlman. done that one, but I want to. I'm going to. Perlman's great. Perlman's a great writer, great sports writer. Uh, he did uh, he did uh, Three Ring Circus, which one of us recommended, I'm sure, last year about the mm-hmm. uh, the Lakers three peat with with Shaq and Kobe. He wrote that last year. That came out last year. It was really really good. He wrote the Showtime Lakers book as well. Mm-hmm. He wrote one about the boy, the Cowboys, didn't he? Yep. Boys will be boys. Which yeah, is there we go. And up and, there, uh, yeah. Game of Shadows as well. Really really good sports writer. Uh, yeah, I hadn't read this one. Got it cheap on on Apple iBooks or something like that, mm-hmm. and. Uh, not Kurtz quite is best one. Yeah, yeah. I'm not quite finished with it, but it's 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 very good. USFL is really interesting. Um, a lot of good Trump stuff in there for sure, for sure. Yeah. And, and he's uh, pre-president Trump. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's he's uh, Perlman's definitely not pulling punches. Uh, we'll say. Uh, on, on but this that, is so. before written years before he was even gonna run, right? Isn't no, well, oh, okay. I, I mean, I'm sure some of it was written, but it came out in 2018. So oh, okay, it's, never mind. It's, so no, okay, yeah, it, it's up there. Lee. Small potatoes that thirty for thirty on the USFL is yeah. great. One of the, one of the better before, thirty yeah. for thirties, I think. Um, that was that like has a lot the of first story. or second one. That was like yeah, I think it was the one. second one. Like that when the I think the Gretzky one was the first one. Yeah, and the USF, USFL one was right up. Yeah, USFL is fascinating um, because it did so many things wrong <laughs> in terms yeah. of trying to to build a uh, a new sports league and compete with the NFL and stuff, which has happened so many times mm-hmm. before and and so many times since. Did so many things wrong, and but also, I feel like there's a blueprint there for like what you could do right potentially if you wanted to compete with, with uh, with the NFL. Uh, but but a lot of interesting characters, and it lasted for much longer, obviously than the than the XFL did too. So you get way more stories and and uh, things like that. But yeah, it's 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 very well reported. It's a really fun book, and uh, and Perlman, like I said, is really really good sports writer. So. Uh, if you're at all, I honestly, you may not even need to be interested in, in, in sports writing, but uh, if you're at all inclined on, on football and, and, and sports writing in general, uh, I, I, I highly recommend, I think most people would have a, have a good time with it. It's a good read. So check that out. We have the USFL to thank for, uh, multiple Cowboys championships because of the Herschel Walker deal. Yeah. <laughs> Herschel Walker's a big player yeah. in, in this uh, in this book, as as you know, as he should be. He's how many how many Nate Newton appearances in are in the, the Jeff Perlman book? <laughs> Nate Newton was a big USFL Tam- uh, yeah. Tampa yeah, Bay Bandits well. uh-huh. uh, player. Yeah. yeah, back in the there's, day, there's a lot of that. A lot of that stuff in there. I mean, the USFL was just super wheels off, and it's yeah. so it, it it makes for. I mean, look, it, the that that league started right at sort of the the end of the cocaine heyday, you know? So it's a, it's a, it's, it's wild. Let's say there's a lot, there's a lot going on, uh, during that, that time period, but, uh, it's, it's a fun, 
anything USFL related I'm interested in because it's just so wheels off and, and wild and stuff. So uh yeah, check check that I love out. A good I think defunct a defunct check, league is a good yeah. Any, same here. Anything same here. around that yeah. is good. ABA USFL especially either of those two. I'm I'm all in on whatever. Aren't they making an ABA NBA documentary or movie or something? Thought they were doing that um, at some point. Doing the Showtime Showtime. Yeah. That's what it is. So yeah. Um. Okay. That's a that's a great recommend. By the way, XFL is coming back next year. So let's go. Let's go, boys. Yeah. Renegades for life. Last thing I did, it was very odd before the, before COVID was I went to opening day of, of the Dallas Renegades game. And then <laughs> me my wife and I went on our honeymoon and like, by the time we got back, the, the league ceased to exist <laughs> and they had given me like a credential and like a, a Yeti with like the logo on it and stuff. Cause I was uh, there with the athletic <laughs> and, then it ceased to exist, and I was like, "Well, this is quite a relic for a once in a blue moon league that just kind of ceased to." But now the Rock owns it, and it'll uh, it's going to come back. But um, we'll see. My recommend, guys, y'all have some low hanging fruit here. I'm gonna I'm gonna recommend the Friends reunion. Oh yeah, I left that one for you. Buddy. I um. I like Friends a lot and, you know, obviously grew up on it. My wife, I'm not kidding you, since January, it's now May. And I, I talked about this, I think, in February. My wife was watching Friends. She's still watching Friends. Um, <laughs> I can count on my on my uh, thing here how many episodes she's watched. But I'm not joking you. As we're recording this episode, she texted me from the next room and said, I made it through 14 minutes and six seconds of Joey. So she had finally moved on to Joey and didn't even make it 14 minutes after, uh, I don't know how many thousands of, of episodes she's watched in the past year of Friends. I'm going to actually look it up um, so that I can give her credit where credit's due because... Was this her first time through? Or no, she, never seen she had it? seen it before, but... Oh, okay. But, um, had, I, I mean, I hadn't, years. Seen, I hadn't... Yeah, I hadn't seen probably the last three seasons... And since they came out, you know, in 2004, I mean, I watched, you know, we always watched yeah. them as they came out, but, um, well, I had the, ever since I dropped cable, finally, 1,294 episodes she's watched this yeah. year. Wow. Friends. It was kind of the go-to throw on TBS and watch two friends when you're getting ready or something. So you don't have the channel flip. And ever since that's not in my life, I've just been going through other stuff. So I haven't seen a friends episode in probably three or four years, I'm not, but I'm not a hater. I mean, I've seen them all before. Yeah. But I haven't seen. I haven't done the reunion yet. I don't know why. It's I don't like reunion shows, so I'm kind of like hesitant. So um, is it worth it? So so yeah. I mean, I was, you know, kind of beaten down over the past decade with friends nostalgia. To be honest with you, Instagram and people discovering it or hitting Netflix or leaving Netflix or whatever. Um, and so yeah, that having paired with the 1,300 episodes that I've listened to in the background over the past year. I had enough of friends. So I was like, I'm done with it. Um, my wife got up the day it came out. She never does this. She never watches stuff before she goes to work. You know, she'll like come home and watch stuff after to kind of, you know, uh, end the day instead of like starting something. I, I watch movies early. I wake up at like seven and I'm watching movies. She She's, you know, works and then kind of relaxes. It's a very normal way to live. And like I. Uh, but yeah, so she wanted to watch it immediately when it came out. I was like, Oh, okay. Uh, that first thing that next morning and we watched it and 
I'm not kidding you. I laughed my freaking butt off watching this thing. It was so it was good. Fun, man. It was yeah. so great. The way they did it was was fantastic. I mean, I have nothing but but recommends and positive things to say. As much as I want to come on here and poop on friends, you know, I can't. It was it was incredible to see everybody again. The the way that I don't want to spoil it for you, Richard, but it's worth your time. It was great. And um yeah. there's some oh, things that were revealed that I I think were like kind of tabloid worthy, kind of behind the scenes nuggets and is really, really good. Um and the best the best yeah, thing about it is James Corden is, me, is only in it for like five minutes. Yeah. And so the, <laughs> if you're worried about the, that. the best the best sequences of the thing are when it's just the six of them on on the set, like talking. Yeah, so, they're just and, hanging and out, like talking about the show. They, they do yeah. a couple of like, you know, segments or whatever. But uh-huh. I would say the it's it's almost two hours long, so it's like a movie. Um, but I wanted it to be longer. I mean, it was it was fantastic. Yeah, it was so really solid. it it made me really really happy they did it. And um, you know, I think they say towards the end, it's like this is it. This is the only one we're going to do. We're not going to do another reunion in fifteen years. This is it. You know. Um, I'm glad it's, it's out and it's over and it was great. So we can move on <laughs> mm-hmm. for sure. But, yeah. but, uh, do you no, think it I, had, I'm with you? Like, do you think it had the ripple effect that you expected it to Brian, uh, coming out the past weekend? I think we all talked in the past, like if they ever did a reunion, it would be yeah. the biggest thing of all time. Like it was big, yes. but yes. I don't know, no, maybe I, putting like, it on NBC, it may, maybe would have been bigger, but maybe, I mean, if it would have been a series, obviously that's the biggest or an episode. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Or something like that. But uh, yeah, I, I, my, my social media feeds were, were very full of friends, of friends reunion stuff. And it was like, it was fun. Like I, I'm kind of with you. I, there was a time where friends was probably my favorite show. Um, and then I kind of got burnt out on it. I definitely have watched more episodes of friends than I have. Like if you combined all the rewatches oh, and stuff, easy. I've, yeah. I've for sure. Maybe the office now, that. but, um, friends I watched, is up there. I, Friends was the first show that I remember being on on DVD, and I had uh, I watched those things constantly, and and uh, you know like my that and Doctor Cats, <laughs> right, right, uh, and like my late college years, Cop like rock. early post college years and stuff, <laughs> like uh, yeah, and 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 so I too have kind of got. It's just funny. It's like. I think for some people, I think there's a group of people for which, especially during a certain time, Friends was their personality. And then, and maybe now there's a certain group of people that for them, their personality is hating Friends. And it's like, we could probably find the balance between these two things and say that it was, it was an iconic, an iconic show for the moment and has, you know, there's great nostalgia for it now. And that's what this whole thing is. I mean, it's just, Friends is comfort food at like, as far as TV goes to the extreme to me, like it is the, Oh yeah, for sure. It is a full on background show. And like, Oh, I remember when, and that's, it's all well and good. And the, the reunion, I think did a very good job of, of striking the right chord on that. So I think if you do not like friends, there's a 0% chance that you're going to enjoy the reunion thing. But if you did like friends or, you know, haven't thought about friends in, in 15 years, but we're like, kind of remember that time. I, I would guess that you'll you'll enjoy, if nothing else, sort of the the trip down memory lane on that. One observation, this is, I don't want to make this a friend's review. One observation that I have had over the 1,300 rewatches is how clearly Monica's the worst character on Friends. <laughs> She's the only one that didn't win a Grammy. I mean, an Emmy. Uh, and rightfully so. I mean, yeah. just a beating from, from episode <laughs> one to the end. 
and I love everyone else, but I think Ross and Rachel are, have become my favorite characters. Um, Ross he, is my is the best yeah, character Ross. on the show. Ross yeah, is my favorite. It but certainly wasn't. I love Jennifer Aniston run, is so great in that show. Yeah, and she's so natural. Like I don't know, just the way she delivers her lines, like you know, the way she stutters certain lines, and and just has that natural ability to be believable. And something they said in the reunion, Brian, which I thought was great, was. Rachel was written as like this horrible person, you know, (laughs) you know, this spoiled, you know, just disgusting, you know, leech of a person. So for, to make her lovable was a very big challenge for them. And um, then they found Jennifer Aniston. It was, you know, instant with the, the charm or whatever, but yeah, that's not an easy character to pull off. And I feel like people love Rachel despite, despite a lot of the uh, things that happened throughout the series. But, man, they can't recommend it a lot enough. of stuff, too. Yeah, they do. Pretty quickly, you know. Pretty quickly. Yeah, for sure. Oh, nice. yeah, I'll have to check it out. I uh, It's going to bum me out that everyone's old, but, you know, so am I. So. Yeah, exactly. There's some good cameos uh, that pop up, old guest stars. It's a good time. It's a good time. Worth your time. And, uh, and if you've seen Friends, you'll want to check it out. So that's my recommend. All right, boys, that's it. Check out the Ferris Bueller's Day Off review on the throwback feed. We've got an AMA from Brian that just hit your feed as well. You also probably saw the teaser for our Thor review in your main feed. Well, we got that full episode as well as our MCU throwbacks retrospective. We're going to be working our way up to Avengers Endgame by the end of the year. So that'll be fun. Also, we've got maybe a group AMA coming up in the uh, VIP as well. So if you want to ask all three of us questions, we'll get on there and, and answer those. I'm up next for the solo AMA. So that'll be coming up in June and uh, maybe boys, let's, let's get back here next week and um, maybe do a little movie news talk. We got some things that have stacked up and uh, we've got Cruella still to uh, discuss from the Disney corporation. Heard of them. Yes. Well, until next time, Get out to the cinema. We'll see you there. Goodbye. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe. But I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. Yeah.